Well, welcome to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And the warmest of greetings from the glue holding all of this together, me, Sam. That's, that's not bad for you, mate, actually. Yeah, that's not that's not too bad at all. I, I still think I prefer it when you come in with a different language from okay. somewhere else. Yeah. I think that still brings a bit more joy to the The thing is, as usual, I turn up with no no research. Done. There's no preparation. Nothing, nothing yeah. in mind. I it's just go to work, come here, sit down, yeah. and they have to think of something in the 20 seconds of you saying, right, you ready? Yeah, yes. Whereas I'm sat here going, what, language, what languages <laughs> are you going to come up with today? And then fiercely disappointed each time. But there we go. Um... So today we're going to talk about uh, companies that modify cars, the good ones, or at least the ones that um, that we deem to be good. We're not we're going to try and not name too many names because I think it's a bit unfair. Um, because what I want to talk about is some of the problems that are coming out from tuning companies that are possibly not playing by the rules. I suppose would be the best way of putting it. Um, and also, there's been a lot of car media attention on some. Uh, speed runs and things like this recently and I think just wanted to have a quick chat with Sam about it really to say possibly this is hurting uh, car enthusiasts more than it's doing us any favours so we'll sort of explore that but first off I want to talk about energy companies because we are on this movement from um, fossil fuel or from oil or from whatever however you want to deem what we, we have at the moment to going to some other form of propulsion at the minute we've got electric uh, electric cars there's obviously investment in hydrogen as well those two are sort of seen as the next big thing whether it's that we'll have hydrogen fuel celled electric cars hydrogen combustion whether we'll keep with plug-in hybrids all the way whether battery technology will get to such a point that you never really have to charge a car whatever it may be but as it stands your options really are go to a petrol station for fuel or have an electric car that you charge at home. And there's been a rise in fuel prices around the world. And so a lot of people are talking about the ever rising cost of of fuel, uh, ever rising cost of motoring because of that. And should they look at electric cars or other alternative uh, methods of, of, of propulsion effectively? I've seen a lot, quite funnily, LPG converted vehicles just sort of dropped out of the classifieds about 10 years ago and immediately when i heard that fuel prices were spiking up i did exactly what sam will not be surprised at all to know i did which was look at how cheap have petrol range rovers got <laughs> older petrol range rovers <laughs> as well looked at for years and years, oh, yes. and years and what 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 really baffled me was the amount that suddenly had lpg conversions if you just <laughs> you know any sort of week or month of the year if you just think I wonder how much a, a supercharged L322, you know, 2007 Range Rover is or a Range Rover Sport of that era or the earlier ones with a 4.4 or whatever else. That Usually you'd, you'd never see one with an LPG conversion all of a sudden right now. Every farmer in the yes, land has now got an LPG Range Rover. They've crawl, just crawled out the woodwork. I, I can't imagine what state this conversion kits must be on some of them. They probably haven't been used in a decade and now it's sort of like... Maybe getting, somewhere on coal. Yes, or yes. straw. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the other option. Of course, people are running things off LPG. But um, with fuel prices going up, so Sam and I did a quick bit of maths before we started talking, which was we reckoned about 25%, 30% yeah. increase. Which, as, as Miles is apoplectic with rage, having to fill up his non-existent car with petrol yeah. or diesel yeah. or whatever he decides to put in on the floor that week whilst filling up at the petrol yeah. station. Well, I still have to fill up the partner's car. Yeah, but not very often. 
Not very often. <laughs> no. Well, it's it's that it's she leaves. She deliberately leaves. I don't. I don't blame her. Yeah. If my partner didn't own a car and just stole mine whenever well, they fancied I it, I work from home, mate. Like, the, what this, work is a it's this, a stretch. It's not. I, I work from home. <laughs> um. Anyway, the the next thing that I brought up was then thinking. We all know that petrol prices have gone up by about thirty percent. What has happened to electricity prices in that time? And you suddenly realise electricity prices have gone up even more than that percentage. Now, of course, you're paying less per mile in an electric car anyway, because the, the cost per kilowatt at the moment and how you convert that to mileage and everything else, it still works out cheaper. But I've had an ongoing issue, and I'm going to name them just because they annoyed me. It's going to be a nice, unbiased and totally balanced review, this on energy. Yes, companies. if you are supplied by EDF Energy, leave them. <laughs> What a total failure of an energy company they are. Only because I've had a, a complaint with them for just over a year that they kept trying to give my supply away, despite the fact I had a contract with them. And then they just gave it away. And then when I said, oh, sorry, it looks like you've accidentally let someone else take my supply. Could you go and get it back since it's all your fault and I let you know? It's kind of like, yeah, we can do that. Um, should be sorted in the next week. Six months later... After hearing a week, a week, a week, a week, I think, oh, well, I'll go to the ombudsman and get this sorted. And I assume the ombudsman are paid directly from the energy companies. <laughs> I have never seen such bias in my life <laughs> of their decision making. I supplied all the evidence to show that not only had I been completely let down by the whole process, but EDF had just completely failed in their own complaints procedure. And all I wanted to do was just get myself back to zero effectively back back to square one and they wouldn't do it wouldn't agree to it and they uh, gave you some compensation what was unbelievable i mean 75 <laughs> the whole thing's probably cost me about 500 pounds additional and the agreement from the ombudsman even though i provided the bills i've paid the bills that i would have paid had they not chucked me out of the contract that i had with them um it worked out to about 500 quid plus the this year how far i'm out of pocket because i couldn't renew the contract i know this is getting to a rant but it is coming to something i promise you after all that they said oh yeah well you can have 75 quid and you can have a reduction in the rates from december not from january when they started this problem with you but a whole 11 months later you can have a reduction you can have an apology and you could have something else that wasn't wasn't worth anything that wasn't helpful so i got a letter from edf saying we're terribly the, the, the company that took over i won't name them because it's a bit unfair to name them they they just made a mistake and then no one ever tried to get back from them they actually sent me 30 quid in a, as a check for nothing just like a, didn't even say sorry this is 30 pounds because we accidentally took your supply they just sent me a 30 pound check and i thought well okay fair enough i then got a letter from edf saying we're terribly sorry which made me feel whole again being 500 quid out of pocket and then they said in the rates, good news is we would have actually charged you even more than the rates we were charging you because rates went up so much during this squabble that I was having with them. So we don't need to give you any reduction in the bills that we've given you. And so we're just going to apply 75 quid credit. And so what had happened between my contract and what they've been charging me is double. Okay, so we're talking about at the minute, if you fill up your car, and you filled it up in, say, let's say 1st of January this year. Mm -hmm. You paid in the UK, oh, we said about £1.20, was it, for petrol? Yeah. So let's I think say local to me was about £1.20, yeah. £1.25 region. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Diesel, maybe a couple of pence more. Mm -hmm. 
And now we're sort of looking at petrol between 160, 165. I think it is going to... Saw a 192 the other day. Oh, everyone away for the weekend. (laughs) Do you know what I find interesting is it's like a competition of how expensive is your petrol. Whenever this comes up in the media, you'll find someone who's gone to the motorway services in the most expensive part of the country and gone, it's hit £2. Yes, it has. But I I don't intend to (laughs) fill up there. (laughs) But yeah. Um, The good thing is that we've made it to episode 23. Yeah. Before you decided to try and get sued by an energy company. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I've got no qualms about it at all. The complaint I was going to... Uh, the, the, the cheek I of it, do. The cheek <laughs> I don't of, want to be sued. The cheek of it... It's all right. It's my name on the door, mate. Good. Actually, to be fair, I know your name's on the podcast, so that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm with Bulb. That's fine. Oh, yeah. You're, you're paying for my I energy. I was to say, I'm paying for your energy company. Anyway, um, interestingly, so the point that I wanted to make with... So the price was about 120, 125. We'll just talk about petrol because diesel we can just assume is another couple of pence on 20 of these prices. So January 1st, about 120 to 125, depending on where you are in the country. And now about 160 to 165. It's probably going to come back down in the next couple of weeks because. I hope so. Well, because the. the so we get about 11. I think it's 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 not a huge percentage of our total oil is from Russia. It comes from other places as well. And if they ramp up a bit of production... They've been over and asked them, haven't they? Interestingly, yeah. as a side note, before you finish, I'm really going to try and get you off this rant. Did you see that the New Zealand government have announced that they're taking 25 cents a litre off their fuel? Oh, that's Because good. they said, we understand that fuel has become very expensive, it's affecting everyone's yeah. lives, so we're just going to remove some of the tax we make from fuel right. and pass it on to you guys because we're normal, nice people. That's a good idea. Although it is... I think Boris has been over there to try and yeah, kidnap him. Yeah. Although Time up, bandit. Put something in his mouth to stop him from uh, talking. I think it is very expensive to live in New Zealand overall, though. So yeah, but it's, it's a nice gesture. Oh, it is I definitely think France a nice doing it as well. Yeah, but I mean, from what I heard, I, I, but, you know, I'm not sure. I can imagine the yellow vests were out in force <laughs> when they heard about fuel price going up. So the the, the point that I'm getting at is that if we were about 120 and now we're about 160, it's about a 30 percent rise people have seen in the cost of fuel. In the situation I've been in. Where, you know, I had an issue with a fuel company years ago where I went to go and pay for the fuel with a company fuel card and couldn't. The fuel card wouldn't, it basically had an error on the system. And the petrol, the fuel company, it was, uh, I think it was actually BP. They called afterwards, they they spoke to my manager, they spoke to me, very apologetic about the whole thing, gave us that fueling, um, I can't remember what it was, like 50 quid worth of fuel for free. And it was just a case of there, they were immediately on this issue. Like, there's an issue, we need to resolve it, and it was within 24 hours. I mean, it was within three hours, I think. I know it was a business and all that other stuff, but compare that to the situation I've had with EDF, where they've charged me double, 13 months have gone by, and, and I and I genuinely mean 13 months of not just me... Yeah, I, I can confirm it is 13 months. And I've it, had to hear about this for 13 yeah, months. Yeah, because it was, I always just thought, oh, they'll sort it out. And you know what? I'm sure it'll just have a goodwill gesture of they understand they made a mistake. You know, I've kept on at them. I've got the email proof that I let them know. So common sense will prevail. Oh, none of that. Don't you worry, none of that. <laughs> you know, and even when you go to an ombudsman, if you think, okay, this is now at a point, this is just silly. I could They'll help because that's their job. Yeah, well, they won't. <laughs> and 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 I couldn't leave the company because my energy, well, I didn't have my own supply because it had been taken and not gained back. So I couldn't even sign a contract with anywhere else. But in that scenario, I'm basically held to ransom at 
double the price. Yeah. And if we're going to have a future of electric cars and all these energy companies want to transition, as their adverts say, to being our future fuel of the roads, if that's their service, that for a start is terrible. But secondly, people could end up in really bad situations from a cost of motoring. And I know at the minute it's cheaper to charge your car. I'm sure over time they will figure out a way to charge a car that is charging. Oh, they'll have to because they're all the tax they're going to lose in fuel duty. It's huge. The government are going to have to step in and make some money off it because well, we can't let people have things for cheap, yeah. can we? we? We talked about this before, didn't we, with their, their attempt at road pricing. Um, yes, well, you were all for that from memory. No, no, no. <laughs> I seem to remember you being well up for that. You can go back to that podcast and have a good <laughs> Not enough removed one. it, you can't. No. <laughs> but the um, good thing is that the, the advertising that we're going to get from BP now, from you being so nice about them, will offset the... Uh, the lawsuit yes. you're going to get from EDF. <laughs> I think the main thing for me was, I'm not saying BP did anything particularly amazing. and no, certainly they just did what you'd expect a company to yeah, do. Yeah, and certainly BP are not angels in this world. I mean, we've Would learned that. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah but, but there's a certain level of service that you, you've got to have when it comes down to something as important as the fuel that moves you around, whether that is electricity or whether it's petrol or whatever else. Because ultimately... You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to go to the shops or wherever you do. You're going to live your life. And if, unless you live in a city and rely on public transport, which really in the UK limits you only to a few places, then doubling the cost or even it going up. I mean, I think the rates when I now do agree a new rate from last year to this year will still be about 70% higher because it was cheaper <laughs> last right. year. It was a lot cheaper, but... Prices have just gone up for energy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's a huge jump. And as I say, if if the prices were even higher because we were trying to transition to greener and greener energy and greener energy is at the minute more expensive, it will get to a point where it becomes cheaper. But it just, it just opened up that can of worms a little bit for me. I just thought, I wonder if I had been charging my car for the last year. I said it's cost me about £500 more. I'm not charging a car with this. Yeah, you know, this—that's yeah, just that's my um, energy use overall. And obviously, there's gas because we've got electricity and gas here. So some of that would have been the gas usage, not the electricity. But just the point that if we are going to rely on these companies to be our future fuel providers for our vehicles, we really should sort of take a step back and say, actually, are they geared up to do it? Because the whole complaints procedure was like they just didn't care. They really, really didn't care. And as I say, you know, you have to switch the lights on in your house, just like if you've got to go somewhere for work or whatever else. Not if you buy some candles. No, well, I've got a good candle. We could go back in time. We could have a nice romantic podcast recording. We could. I've only got two candles. <laughs> Do it by candlelight. That one's sort of half burnt down, and I don't know where the other one is. I'm so, not sure that particular candle would necessarily be the sort of candle you'd use to light your house, though. No? You is there like a the sort of like big pillar type candles that they used to... Oh, with put the, in like a, a thing with a handle, don't you? Yeah, there's sure like a ring a loop yeah. that you put your finger through and walk yeah. around with it and in a, read in a, a book. Like too. a nighty, you know, ah, it's one of those bed hat things that they used to wear. That would be living your dream, wouldn't we? We're back in the early 19th century. Trains yeah. have just been invented. Yeah, this is well, this it doesn't is, like a steam train. Exactly. This is this is back really to the Sam's golden time. age of yeah. humanity. Yeah. <laughs> just working outside, digging the coal, and having the trains. Yeah, that sounds brilliant to me. Yeah. I don't know what you're, <laughs> I don't know what you're scoffing at. <laughs> Um, moving on from that, we'll go on to... Oh, that 17-minute rant 
Well, <laughs> I hope it didn't come across as a full rant because it did have a point to it at the end. It which did. Was... But I, I hope you feel better as well, and at least your therapist bill will be less this yes. week. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't even going to bring it up. It's only actually when I figured the cost because we'd had the discussion about fuel because we thought should we do a we did a cost of motoring podcast last week. I thought, should we do a, a fuel cost and see, you know, cover off, do we think it's going to go down and by what amount and what it's going to sort of level off to? I thought, well, no, because it's a bit, you just, with world politics, you, it could be anything next week. I mean, yeah, the, exactly. The, the, the supply, worldwide supply could be ramped up and it could dive. Realistically, it won't. It'll probably sort of settle where it is for a little while. And well, what we're down. all hoping is that we actually see the savings when the price of a barrel of oil goes down, which we don't usually see. You, you see the you see the increase straight away. Well, the price but of oil. When, when the price of oil goes down or the price of the barrel goes down, we don't see the savings from that usually until someone steps in and says to these companies, well, hang on a minute, the price has gone down. You guys should be passing this on. It's usually the AA, isn't it? The, it's the AA and yeah. the RAC. They're, yeah. they're, they're the two real well, They're fighters. the ones that come in. But it's funny how we always see the increases immediately. But we don't see the savings. No, I actually, at all. I actually think the cost of the barrel has come down. Um, we, we, but if by the time you're listening to this, fuel prices have come down. We're, we're not some great gurus. We just uh, record, no, we record slightly in I advance. Anyway, so if it's gone the other way, then we were completely wrong. Then, but in I, which case, it's Miles' fault. Yes, but I think the price of fuel actually did start coming down at the start of this week. But we, it's still been going up at the pump. There yeah, is this, there this is, is the annoying thing. There is a bit of a lag because, of course, they. They get, they buy it wholesale. Yeah, in I understand blocks, it's but just, no, you're right. It, I don't it's understand always... why they're allowed to get away with putting the prices up so much so quickly, and then when it when it goes the opposite way, it's well, yeah, this is the price. Just pay it. Yeah, it's that. What's uh, they always have it. I think it's RAC and AA, and they always say it's under the headline. Was it up like a rocket, down like a feather? Yeah, that's their usual yeah, quote. But it, right. it is how these prices work. But because of that, it just made me think. Well, hold on, we are rightfully sort of pointing out god it is getting expensive now more expensive 20 percent up 30 percent up of the total price makes every mile in your car more expensive i mean i'm spending almost 50 percent of my disposable income on fuel now to yeah. get to and from work all right i i do do a reasonable mileage every day yeah but there's still quite a lot yeah yeah and compared be to what of... it should be there'll be lots of people in that I mean, same... there will be people in worse situations obviously where they're spending most of their wage to get to work or from work. Yeah, and this, this is the, the big thing, isn't it? That there was a lot of people that, for their disposable income, is already getting squeezed a little bit because, bring up energy prices in general, Yeah, have, have been increasing anyway. So the, there is a bit of a squeeze going on, and you know, they always make headlines and everything else. But the fact that, that some of the headlines are then tracked to, well, this is why we need to speed up this move to electric vehicles. And it's like, well, hold on. The electricity is also going up in price. Yeah. Yes. And also, we're just we're not we're not ready for that yet. Anyway. No. No, we're not. If we're not quite. If we went out and bought a Tesla tomorrow, we couldn't all charge them. Uh, a lot of electric car companies have put their prices up quite substantially as well. Oh. Just just a note. Well, that's good. Because um, I I've brought it up a few times. I've said, oh, Tesla Model Three. You know, when we've talked about a hybrid or something like that, I've said, well, you could buy a Tesla Model Three for that. Well, I'm taking that back. You can't anymore. They they put the price up by about I think three thousand pounds. And the orders are so backlogged that there may be an additional charge. So us um, at, the, at the lower end of the wealth divide, just we're not going to be able to drive anything soon. It, it's Horse and cart, is that going to yeah, come back soon? It's still starting to be that even the most sort of base level of electric car is over 30,000 new. That's mental. Um, 
obviously there's all the type the lease deals around it but you know it's still is expensive um very expensive if you want anything that's got half decent range as well um but we we won't go off onto that sort of side but the reason i put brilliant up is because the the headlines sort of say well transition to electricity and you're saying well hold on a minute that's going up uh, either as much or more than so actually you're giving an answer which has an identical problem it just has a lower at the moment yeah just it suits your your agenda yeah so um it's like if we get some hot weather then people will say oh well it's all climate change it can't be that it's not it's not that it's now summer yeah (laughs) Yes, yeah. <laughs> I had that. Do you know what? I was driving home a few years ago, and I remember it was like late spring, yeah. and we had some really warm days. Yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, that's nice. We've, it's been pretty cool recently, actually. We've had a re- and the first thing, I, I just flicked through the radio, so the first thing was, well, you know, we really need to speed up things about global warming. And I thought, well, no one's denying that the Earth is definitely changing its heat map. Yeah, scientists can prove that. But... You can't bring that up every single time the weather gets warmer no. in England. Just because the sun is shining here doesn't it's, mean it's that... It's also a natural cycle of the planet. There is also I know we're contributing stuff. to it, and it obviously yeah, yeah. Is, it's speeding yeah. up a little bit, but it's something that would happen anyway, regardless. But yeah, you can't just blame the summer on cars. Yeah, and it's, it's oh, just... it's winter easy... now, cars. It's just Spring, such a, such cars. A, that's such raining a... a lot, isn't it? There's, such a, There's soft... a lot of leaves coming off the trees this year. That's due to the cars. <laughs> Uh, it's such a soft target for them. So um, the next one, and this is where it all flips around, really. And this was looking at tuners. And there's some really great tuners out there that are transitioning um, to looking at more at suspension because they know that tuning engines is becoming, uh, what's the company? Is it AC? I want to say AC Snitzer, but I'm not sure it is called AC Snitzer. BMW tuner. Is it AC Schnitzer? Oh, I don't know. Can you can you check it out for me? I can. They've just released a tuning package for the new uh, M135i, and it doesn't have any upgrade in uh, horsepower at all. It's just handling pack. You get this very expensive set of wheels you can add to it. Well, that is a company. Yeah. BMW, yeah, it's, oh, it is, well done. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. Um, but usually you would get some sort of engine remap to go with it. And actually they're saying, no, we're not going to do that anymore because engines are already more and more and more powerful. And we don't want to just add more power um, to the recipe. We're going to add... Are you going to sneeze, Sam? I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I tried to do it quietly. Whether you can edit that out or not, I don't know. No, I'll, I'll try and magnify that. <laughs> um, so, that, And there's a few other sort of notable uh, Litchfield being one of the ones that I've always said, you know, handling is something that they really want to concentrate on. But of course, there is still the other side of it that engine tuning will continue. And there's lots of great tuners out there for engine mapping and genuine engineering companies. Uh, there's a there's been a, a loss this week. Alpina, BMW tuner again, but yeah, the, yeah. the recognised Alpina, everyone's heard of an Alpina B3 or you know um, yeah. any of their sort of production vehicles. They have now been bought by BMW. Okay. So they've essentially accepted that they won't be able to continue uh, past 2025 in their current sort of scheme of they basically get a BMW have their own VIN number, re-engineer it. Because this is Alpina, not Alpine. Yeah, yes. they're two different yes. companies. Because Alpine is the sports arm of Renault. Yeah. Alpina is the tuning Just arm. Just making, yeah. no, making sure yeah, everyone's that's, aware. That's good point. So they're going to now sit inside BMW a bit like AMG does. Um, that's not a bad thing though, is it? Uh, I think the reason it's being done is because Alpina will become electric 
only production right, okay. for so BMW was sort of have like we said Ford are trying to split yeah where you've got Ford E and Ford uh-huh. um, I think BMW are going to use Alpina as their sort of this is our electric offering but we don't know it basically as, as of 2025 that's what's going to happen with them and if, if Ford so if Ford are becoming Ford and Ford E yeah Ford spelt with F O R D E. Is that not something in this country where you is like something to do with like a waterfall, isn't it? Affording like a, a river. Ford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to go and ford the river. Yeah, I'm guessing they'll put a capital E there or something. <laughs> so it's just going to. They're just going to make Land Rover Defenders. Yes, but this is like I mean, I mean, we've seen it with Cupra, we've seen it with DS, all these companies yeah, splitting it's off. Yeah, and they're sort of becoming their own entity, if you like. Yeah, they're becoming their own little niche. They can take on because I didn't realise, and I was. Uh, having a quick look before this podcast, I didn't want to go off into electric too much, but just how many car companies uh, are claiming that they have mastered electric cars. And genuinely, I'm not talking about established ones you'd have heard of, Lucid, um, uh, Tesla, um, what's the the pickup truck one, uh, Rivian. You know, there's there's some names that people will go, oh yeah, I've heard of them. Actually, they, they actually have a product pro- mm-hmm. uh, a product that you can buy. What's the the big horsepower one that just bought Bugatti? Um, no, Rimac. Rimac. Yeah. So there's a, a good guess. There you go. Yeah. So there's a few big names, but then there's lots of ones you would have never heard of them. They have basically a, a small office in Silicon Valley, and they're going to release tomorrow a set of driverless five million horsepower electric car that's going to cost five pence. And I didn't realise. I thought that was like well, there's maybe one or two of them. There's hundreds. Really? Yeah, that are claiming that they're all going to bring this to market and it's not going to happen because the legacy manufacturers that were a little bit slow on the electric take-up, they're doing what we're saying here. They're sort of splitting off bits of their business Yeah. and saying, okay, well... Just to quash these little yeah. upstarts. So to speed up our transition, we're going to have this bit of the company, a bit like Polestar and Volvo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know if you buy a Polestar, you bought a Volvo. But Polestar are their own company and they can just say, we're just electric so we can we can really speed up just concentrating on what we do here whilst volvo keeps selling petrol diesel hybrid yeah as they transition as a a much larger company that will take them longer to make that transition but what's happening on the other side of it is the the sort of established tuners that have existed for a long time are just now moving across to more of an engineering phase they're saying can we re-engineer the handling characteristics. And actually with that, they're a little bit excited about the challenge of what comes next, whether we are going to go uh, EV with plug-in, EV with hydrogen, combustion with e-fuels, whatever it might be. On the flip side of that, there are companies that are still, and I really just don't give them any credit anymore. Ten years ago, I might have said, well, it's kind of the, the, the business they're in. But they're still advertising just taking off all your emissions controls, so decatting a petrol car, remat- uh, removing DPF filters, remapping the engine and putting it on the road. And that, you know, everyone's seen a diesel just blowing out black smoke from the back of it. And you can smell it you know, and see. Oh, yeah, it's horrible when you're following one down the road. And you just think that is doing us so much harm as a car community that love cars. Because all that's doing is to everyone that hates in combustion engines anyway... They, they're just seeing this loud, sooty, smoke-filled machine, and they're hating it even more. I was stopped next to the traffic lights next to a guy in a 320 diesel the other day, 
and he was insisting on revving his car at about 1500 rpm. Oh, the lights? Yes. Why? And this is just, I mean, this was 11 o'clock, I think, or midday, I'd gone to get some lunch. So this wasn't anywhere fantastical. It was me, a couple of people carriers behind me, you know, it was nothing. And the thing was so loud and just so obnoxious that I, I could tell what he'd done and he thought it was good and good for him. But everyone around him just hated him. Well, also the pedestrians that were dying. This is the other side him. of it. If you're tuning a car, think of it like an engineering company. How can I improve this car power-wise, efficiency-wise, without just going for the easy win of let's just chop off the emissions control that are stopping it dumping some of the, the most noxious fumes into the environment and into the lungs of people that are walking by? Yeah, I mean, or even other motorists, because you are when you get the smell in your cabin, you're still getting some of the stuff. Oh yeah, through. Like I mean, you've got you've obviously got a cabin filter, but it's not going to stop everything from coming no. through. It just baffles me that I mean, I went on the website of a few companies, and so I won't name them, but a few companies just to see are they still actually advertising that they will take off these filters for you, remap your engine, fit this and that. And I thought by now, because of all the I'm not going to call it political pressure, but there is a lot more concentration on emissions and everything else. And I thought they they probably do it sneakily now. You know, they, yeah. they sort of, you turn up in your diesel and they say, oh, we can do a simple remap as it is and add yeah. 30 horsepower or 40 horsepower, whatever. Or you can have our gold package. Yeah. Or, you know, look, we can do this track only pack if you want and yeah. we'll cut off. And, and that would be the getter app. They're just advertising on their websites. We will take off this emissions filter. We'll cut out this. We'll cut the cats out put in a straight pipe and you just think anyone who isn't interested in tuning or cars or hates them or hates combustion engines or wants to speed up uh, transition to electric because they don't understand that some people just have a passion for the absolute symphony that is an internal combustion engine when you see how finely tuned an internal combustion engine is it really is a work of art you know how the valves are moving up on top of the the top of the pistons and how this whole thing is moving it really is interesting i know i haven't got to sell it to people that are listening to a car podcast but on the flip side of that you've got people that just see this as a white good you know this is a, a fridge it's it's an it's appliance something that moves me from one a to b and that's its job yeah and so, and when you have people that are just saying well bmw have fitted a, a petrol particulate filter to this to the new m4 we can just rip it out and add 50 horsepower. And it's like, that's just such a, a yeah, okay, it's an easy win, but it's at a cost of, I'm, I'm not saying that a petrol particulate filter is a good, a bad idea. I'm not having any opinion on that for a second. I'm just saying if it's there, then you need to come up with another answer to get more power from this engine. Think yeah, about changing it. Changing that to just a piece of pipe isn't going to work. No. And well, it will work, but it's not going to do its yeah, job. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if BMW, there's a reason BMW can't do that, and it's because we're trying to get more power, more efficiency, a better driving experience with lower emissions that we all breathe, especially the, the really harmful stuff, which is the toxins that get picked up by a DPF filter that we know now. You know, this isn't new information. There's CO2, and everyone can have their conversations about CO2 and global warming. But the stuff that actually is getting in people's lungs, that, I, I don't know anyone that's sort of saying, oh, no, I want to I fight to not have that but in a car. It's, it's almost like someone coming to you and saying, oh, you see your tap in your kitchen. I can get you a cheaper supply of water, faster and better, but 
it will not pass through a water treatment service. Yeah. <laughs> so what you'll be getting is you'll be going to the toilet upstairs. Yeah. It will go out of the house yeah. and then come back to the house. Yes. You'd be like, but you'd be all right with that. Yeah, because it's just going through a straight pipe. So, yeah. you know, we'll come out of the house. It'll come to our base, which is John in his shed, yes. nowhere near your pipe. And, and then we'll just send it back to you. Yeah, he'll put it through a bit of filter paper. We'll get, you know, yeah, you know, we'll one, of the, one, one of those used ones that he used to use in hotels. With a big, yeah. big coffee machine, so big paper things that used to tip all the granules into and put some water there through. You go. We'll chuck it through one of those and then we'll send it back to you. It's, That'd be it? right for you and your family and your kids, wouldn't it? Well, there was something on, um, was it Clarkson's Farm? When he went to his water filters. Yes, and, and it, it was, they just, was just brown. brown. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, I've been drinking this. Yes. <laughs> Um, but anyway, and they did what every man would do. and said, "Well, we won't tell the wife that. Yeah, so we'll just pop that back over there, put it back, and get someone to fix it, and not tell anyone." <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I just I thought that was a really valid point. That actually, we we should, uh, you know, ten years ago, maybe there was a more of an excuse to say DPF filters were expensive, and um, people who wanted to tune them that possibly didn't have a full understanding of really what they were doing. I'm not going to make a strong argument for them. I'm just going to say that, that that may well have been the case. But we know now that after Dieselgate and everything else, there are some stuff in, that's coming out of a diesel exhaust particularly that we really, really don't want to be breathing in. If we can have effective DPF filters, and I actually I wrote something on the Mars Driven a while ago for this, and it was against OPF or PPF or GPF. They've named them three different things, but the petrol right. particulate filters... Because having worked in the automotive trade and having seen what customers do, generally after 10 years, these filters block and then they just go to a garage that will cut it off and they'll find someone that, because the other thing with this is it shouldn't pass an MOT with these emissions uh, controls removed. Well, unfortunately, there well, are. they are because you can't necessarily see them all the time. No, but um, I mean, we all know how an MOT works. If they can't see it, they can't fail it. Yeah, although if although you should get the surely the emissions. Yeah, the emissions fails, yeah. but you. So if you don't put, and I've worked at a garage that did MOTs. If you put the prong in the exhaust, it will give you a proper reading. If you put the prong out the back door, right, it will okay. still give a reading, which will be very clean. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm not saying I'm not saying everyone does this. I'm certainly not saying that all MOT testers would even think about this most of them but some will do but unfortunately yeah some will and what ends up happening is the manufacturers fitted a pollution control 10 years down the line or five years down the line or 15 years down the line it gets ripped off and all that pollution is just coming out and it's why in the article that i wrote and you can check this out it's on the featured section of the website i said that actually manufacturers should be responsible for an emissions control unit for the life of a vehicle yeah, they should, they should make it so that you can't remove it. Yeah, well, it's, well, if you do well you're always going to be able to remove it because it's yeah, a part. But if, but if, you, if you do remove it, something happens, if well, you like. Yeah, you get a, this is the thing. You get a light on the dashboard, and yeah. these companies map that light out. Okay. So they tell, but what I'm saying is is that if the manufacturer was responsible, because a DPF filter, I remember a customer coming in, had, an, I think, an 11-year-old BMW, and I looked at the part for him. The part was going to be... £1,450 genuine plus fitting. His BMW had done 200,000 miles. It, you know, he was just like, it's well, not worth it. And it's because the manufacturer, so in the end, we managed to get him a third party one for about 300 quid plus fitting. But even then, he was still whinging about how expensive it was. Were you selling that to yourself? No. <laughs> no. 
I just imagine you having both sides of a yes. conversation. Well, it's about £300. £300? Yes. That's ridiculous. I'm not paying that. <laughs> um, but my point is, if the manufacturer was responsible for it, they would have to, when they engineer the car, think, right, if this fails at any point. So if your car goes through an MOT at any point in its life and it fails oh, on an emission... They have to send a new part if it yeah. if the MOT tester says DPF because the DPFs do clog. Yeah, they but they'd also make it more difficult to remove in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, the yeah, you can do that. I mean, some of them are quite high up in the car. Um, yes, yeah, so I remember. I remember when we tried to change one on one of your cars. Do you remember? I bought a, a years ago. I bought a BMW 320 diesel, and it wasn't running quite right when I got it. Couldn't quite understand why. I took it to a a specialist diesel engineering company. God, the thing is, I was going to say that was recent, but it actually was years ago. Yeah, it was years was pretty ago. Pretty much the last yeah, yeah. car you owned. Um, and he, he took it there and he said, oh, I think one of the injectors is probably bad. I can give it a check. Great, give it a check. He gave it a check. He said, no, the injectors are fine, but it looks to me like someone has gutted the DPFs. And what they had done is remove the DPFs, cut the side of them, taken the innards out, like welded them back up, and it looked... Like they had all the filters there, but they were just empty. You could yeah. knock on them, they, they were empty. Everything just passed through it. It was just a and, chamber. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, great, now I've got to foot the bill of um, more expensive filters just to get this. Because, uh, you know, having, having been that they were they were done quite well. Yeah, no, they, but, they'd done a reasonable job at it, to be fair. But I, it was, I remember it was a really shady and dodgy thing to do. Yeah. But, I remember at the time I was thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to drive around with the knowledge that I'm chucking out more emissions than... And it the, was chucking out quite bad. Yes, well, do you remember I started it after we got it back? Yeah. And there was just a plume of black smoke. And I said, what is that to the guy? And he said, oh, yeah, it's because I've cleaned the system through. You, that's, that was all the sort of soot that was just sat building up in the system, but it won't do it again. And it, it didn't. But, I mean, yeah. The point to that is still, I think a manufacturer should be responsible. And I think companies... Uh, responsible for replacing a failed emissions control unit because it would make them invest a lot more money in it. I know yeah. their answer at the minute is just to go fully electric, but we are going to see for the next decade uh, in Europe, we're going to see new cars sold with a combustion engine. In the US, probably, I don't think they'll ever go... <laughs> for the rest of time. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever fully ban it, but there'll be obviously less and less on the road. I just think there would have there was a better answer to this, but cracking down on companies that say we will remove this just to get more horsepower. It's like you can get more horsepower from an engine in other ways. Yeah, if, if you're you good at what you it do, it just takes them longer. Yeah, if you're good at what you do, if you're good at understanding engines, if you're good at tuning, and you're a reputable company, you'd be saying to your customers, "Yeah, okay, we could just rip that emissions control off and get fifty horsepower, but that's not the right way to do it. We can do it with." An upgraded cooling package here, and up, you know this. And this is what um, Alpina were doing for BMW. A lot of the yeah. time, the extra horsepower they would get from the car was from upgrading the cooling packages, so that they could run a little bit more boost from the engine, for example, because the engine can run at a, a state that BMW would consider too hot, because the cooling everything is restricted by budget. So if you yeah, can yeah, upgrade yeah. a part, you can upgrade the capability of an engine. The other side of this was, and a little bit damaging to us car enthusiasts, is what we're all doing online. Which I think it was a story you picked up, Sam, which was about the guy in the Chiron oh, right. yeah, deciding yeah, yeah. to do, what was it What was it in the end? 259 miles an hour on the Autobahn. Yeah. You see, there's an old story about, um, it was um, 
a guy I'm trying to think there was this old story about a guy who owned a McLaren F1 and used to commute in it in Germany right and he had bought it and used to complain to McLaren every two or three weeks because he drove that car at 200 miles an hour to his office each morning <laughs> yeah but he didn't record himself doing it and the only people that knew he was doing that was him and what was he complaining about Oh, it would be like if he was doing 200, he wanted it to be set arrow perfect every single time. And if he ever got a judder, then he'd call up and he'd say, oh, there was a slight judder this morning. I'm not happy about that. So they would I mean, send it's good it. testing for McLaren, I suppose. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, a free basically test a test got. pilot for <laughs> yeah. them, yeah. But, I mean, the point of that is that, yes, he was doing something that wasn't illegal. Yeah, because he was doing was it. probably... It was on the limit. It wasn't socially responsible. No, I mean, he was driving at 6 o'clock in the morning on an unrestricted road, but... People weren't aware of it so much. And the problem is when people become aware of people doing things like that, you get pressure put on governments to do something because there'll always be people that want something done or want it stopped. And the immediate reaction to this, what was it? So 259. And to be fair to the guy that did this... He he did it reasonably sensibly, didn't he? Which is what you're about to explain. Yeah, five o'clock in the morning, he put spotters on the bridges. He did a test run of the road. He did it on an unrestricted road, so he didn't. He actually... had someone with him for some of the journey, anyway. And as long as they could, so, they could yeah. keep up with him, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't like it was being. Just quickly, you know, he did it before. No. So he's done it before in 2015. He did yeah. 250 in a Veyron. All oh, right, so he so just he, wanted to so outdo. Yeah. So he was basically he was out to be to beat his own record, which he achieved in 2015, um, which obviously he has by 9.1 miles an hour. See, I just wonder if if he had done that originally and then called up Volkswagen and said, to be fair, I reckon anyone that owns a Bugatti could probably ring Volkswagen and say, listen, can I have access to your track? The one that um, Top Gear went to, yeah. where they had James made to yeah. I mean, Super Sport, I think yeah. it was. If you it? spent two and a half million pounds or, or, or dollars or whatever it was. With yeah, the they'd probably charge you a little bit to use it. but I don't think it's probably an issue but, for you. Uh, if, yeah. if you. If you own a Chiron, I think... A little charge to use a bit of road is probably out of the. Uh, it's not going to be. It's not going to ruin no. your week. Is and it? and what this comes down to is, it he's gets the third, clicks. third richest person in the world or in Germany. Is the Czech Republic's thirty third? Oh, really? oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, not necessarily the claim to fame. I thought it was when I was reading that sentence. I don't know. The Czech Republic might have a lot of really rich people in there. It might be. I'm oh, sorry, no, Czechia. Maybe, Czechia it's maybe that's where all the Russian oligarchs yeah. have gone. <laughs> It's not. Um, it's not the Czech Republic anymore, is it? It's uh, they they renamed the country a few years ago. They have. So. Um, but yeah, the, just the point with that. I understand people want to enjoy their cars, and there's and it's certainly that was a very responsible way. When you look at ev- all the efforts he went to, he didn't just plant yeah, his it, foot down. On it was the a very lane. responsible way to do an irresponsible thing. Yeah. So I don't think it's such a jive at him. It's a case of why are you doing it? Are you doing it for clicks? Yes, on your videos. if you're recording it and uploading it to YouTube, yes, yeah. you're doing it to try and make money out of yeah. it. Yeah, because ultimately, if you want to do it just for the bragging rights, have your small circle of friends record it and show them if they don't Send it in the it. WhatsApp group. Yeah, this is more for a public attention. And unfortunately, the public attention won't just be enthusiasts going, wow, you can do 259 on an autobahn. It yeah. will be people that say, this is irresponsible, we need to restrict the roads. You could have killed my cat. Yeah, think of what could happen here or there and everywhere. And the trouble with that is that there's going to be a lot more loud voices over there in that majority yeah. of people that aren't that interested in... Well, they're also the people that are willing to go and spend hours and hours and hours with a placard. Pick- picketing and, until yeah. something is done about it, at which point you lose the autobahn, which well, should be the way forwards with motorways. Not necessarily saying it should be unrestricted, but there should be 
higher speed limits on oh, motorways. 100%. I, I don't think... I, I think we've got to a point now where the idea that we still have a 70 zone... It's just mad. <laughs> it just seems the only reason, the only reason I can sort of fathom it in my head is because because lorries are restricted to 56, it keeps the 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 theoretical yeah but difference then you just, you just have a lorry lane then at that point you just you literally yeah. have that lane as the lorry lane and the filter lane from the slip road or and then you have the other two lanes as this is your driving lane which yeah. by the way is how the motorway should be used yeah so you've got the lorry lane aka aka the slow lane which is where everybody should drive but realistically the lorries would go there yeah the middle lane which is where everybody sits in their Renault Scenics yeah. doing 40. You've got, you got anything against people in a Renault Scenic? <laughs> no, it's just a t- demographic <laughs> yeah. of certain people. That's where they sit. But what should be is everybody else should travel there. And then the outside lane should be, if you want to overtake the car in front of you, you move out there, you overtake, then you move back. And then if you want to do that, you just keep repeating. What you don't do is sit in the outside lane doing 70 in a Renault Clio, which someone did to me at the weekend, Oh, right, okay. For about 25 miles. Really? They were doing 65 miles an hour. Yeah. And it was quite busy, so we couldn't really undertake. Yeah. But we shouldn't be forced to undertake anyway. Now, although you are, it is legal in the UK to now undertake someone is who it? is. Yeah. So this was, for years, it was illegal. Yeah. People can check this. Uh, we're, as a very quick side note, we are on Twitter now. It was the are only we? social media that we didn't have. And I fully activated this morning. I just had a oh, well, very good. I thought um, you would have told me since I'm the one out of us that uses Twitter. Yes, I thought sorry. I might have done no, that. No, no, you'll be you'll have all the access to it. I just this it was today I realised I thought we actually had Twitter up and operational. Oh, okay. And I realised that it wasn't it wasn't actually showing. The Miles Driven Twitter doesn't exist. So by all means, as a side note, if uh, if you want to have any comment on this, you can tweet us. Yeah, well you can send At it. The Miles on. Driven. Yeah, or, I guess. Or you can message it on Instagram is. or Yeah, it's the it's, yeah. it's the Miles Driven. So it's the Miles Driven for Instagram, Facebook and for Twitter. Yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah, the, the motorways would work so much better if we just had people just had the basic understanding of lorries on the left, us in the middle, speedy people on the right. Sorry, just it's sorry. not difficult. What I was saying was that if I'm wrong, Bong means send us a message yeah, about yeah. the undertaking. But yeah. I am almost a hundred percent that about five years ago. Yeah. The law was changed because of the middle lane hogging to say if it is safe to do so, you can undertake a car. But they also said going... when they brought in, because that was brought in at the same time, I'm guessing, that the middle lane law was brought in. Yes. And they said they were going to police it, but I've never seen the police out and about on the motorway. And you must see, on an average motorway journey, you must see at least 20 what? people just sat in the middle lane. They usually just sat not looking at anything, really. Yeah. They just looked like they're asleep, just in the middle lane. Yeah, what got me was um, I was travelling north a little while ago. can't remember how far north I'd gone, but I'd been on the motorway for a little while. And there was a police, you know, the, the sort of cruisers that do about yeah, 60 yeah, on the yeah. inside lane. And there was a guy who was coming up behind me. He had been weaving all across all three lanes. Yeah, see, that's okay. ridiculous. He came up right behind me, like as in stampeding towards the back of me. I'm like, I want nothing to do with this guy. I went over into the middle. Charged past me, got an inch off the bumper of the 5 Series that was in front of me, who was probably doing sort of outside lane-ish speed of 80 or something like that. Like, not yeah. irresponsible, you know, you're cruising outside. Um, he wasn't interested in waiting, dived onto the inside, and then chucked his car between the thinnest of gaps between yeah. the middle and the outside. And the police cruiser, who was doing 60, didn't react to that at all. And the guy then did 70 for about... 
three or four seconds as he passed the police cruiser, and then he was gone. And I, I looked at it, I thought... So, so what are they doing? They're obviously not paying attention to what's behind them, the police. I, I don't want to be too critical of them, because I know no, they have I, a tough I job. Do. I know you do. I, I because know I've do never have... seen anybody be pulled over unless it's somebody on their phone, and that's all they seem to be bothered about, because it's just easy money for them. It's well, an that, easy ticket. That and speed. And I do agree that people, but... if they're using their phone, they should be pulled over. And yeah. I was guilty of it when I was younger, and I did get pulled over, and I did get three points. And I suffered the insurance premiums for the years after that. It was that. five years, was it? Five years, yeah. you have to declare. Yeah, five years. And that's fine. I did wrong. I got caught, and that's the punishment. I, yeah. That's fine. But there's people doing such dangerous driving, sitting, like you said, a millimetre off the back of someone. Yeah. Or ducking and diving, stamping on their brakes in front of someone when they've gone past them because they didn't move out of their way Fuck. like they're the police. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. then I saw someone the other day doing what you were saying, but they used the hard shoulder. No. And they were just diving up the hard shoulder. What if someone's put... I know you shouldn't, but what if someone's pulled over because their kid's desperate to go to the toilet or feeling sick? Or what if they have just broken down? Or broken down. And then you just come around the side of a lorry barreling along at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And then you're in the back of it and killed the kids because you're going to survive, obviously, because you will, because that's how it works. Yeah. You'll survive and the whole family will be dead. I'll tell you what, we should have... Anyway. <laughs> so that's, that's Sam's tangent for the podcast. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we should actually have at times I've been stuck on the hard shoulder because there's some quite funny stories, especially when I was selling cars yeah. about when I was transported. Like I remember one car that just stopped. <laughs> I realised afterwards it's because the bloke who I'd picked it up from, who was part exchanging it, the dealer I worked for, had decided not to tell anyone that the fuel gauge didn't work. Ah, no, brilliant! Not not was that my old car. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't that. It was, it was a Fiat. Uh, was it a Fiat Ulysses? Oh, the, the, the epitome of quality and, and, and craftsmanship. No, not, not even a quiet word in my ear to say, listen, I've signed all the paperwork. Yeah, You've given yeah. me the car now, mate. I just want to let you know, between yeah. me and you, okay. That fuel gauge that doesn't work no. and there's no fuel in it. Instead, it was like, yeah, you're right, mate. It's got half a tank. Off you go. <laughs> I got, Where's the gauge stop? About half. <laughs> yeah, I got about, to, it was a diesel as well. So, you know, 25 miles, I didn't expect the, the needle to move. Yeah. And all I got was this sudden doof, and I thought, oh, well, that's good because you want what you want to do in a diesel is run out of fuel. And that, well, that was it. I had to get breakdown recovery. Yeah, because I've got to bleed the system. Yeah, and... yeah. And and that really was a case of um, I think I got back to the dealer about ten, eleven o'clock at night, but I was just stranded on the hard shoulder. So there's lots of little hard shoulder stories that we could tell in another podcast. Um, but that 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 covers off a lot of the stuff I wanted to pick up. It was just a case of if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you're like me and Sam. You're a car enthusiast. There's something that interests you about them, whether it's motorsport, whether it's projects that you like to work on yourself, whether it's classics, whether it's just knowing what the newest, latest and greatest cars are. And I think we have to be a little bit careful in being aware that there's lots of people that don't like this hobby or have they don't really have an opinion on it, but they'll always be guided, especially by bigger media outlets, to find the things that are wrong with this. It, car meets is another one. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you see there's some great car meets that happen where it's just enthusiasts, they meet up, sometimes it's early in the morning, sometimes it's late at night. Generally, I suppose, early mornings can be a bit better crowd, but, you know, sometimes you meet some great ones at the evening ones. And they're filled with a lot of people. The reason they've gone there is because they probably love their car. That's why yeah, they've yeah. driven out to a car park in an industrial estate to show off and they clean their car all day long. And then you get the five people that turn up with a hole drilled through their exhaust. Yeah, doing, doing donuts and crashing yeah. into lampposts. But unfortunately, they're the loudest people and they're the people that ruin it for everyone. Yeah, it's it's like the, there is one that I pass quite regularly and the organisers invite the police and there's always a couple yeah. of police cars that are there and the police have a little wander around. 
the the cars there are all kept very clean. But they, as a group, are hated yeah. by the wider community yeah. in the place that we're talking about. I won't name it just in case there's anybody no. obviously listening. No, no. But on the local Facebook pages for that area, yeah, it's at least twice a week there's would, someone, and it's usually got a hundred odd comments. You would think, like, oh, why can't they just get a life? Why can't they just do this? I'm fed up with hearing pops and bangs when I'm trying to go to sleep at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, yeah, yeah. But this is the thing: it's seven p.m. <laughs> why are you making noise? A, a lot of the stuff that's done by the, the enthusiasts is actually, you know, they try and cut it off at a certain time and, and whatever yeah, else. But and... you will get a few people that will drive off and they'll go down the dual carriageways and they'll be doing eighty. And yeah. like you said, they've strapped a trash can to the back of the car yeah. and drilled holes in the side of that. We get it along. There's a sort of industrial estate nearby to where I live. And every yeah. now and again, I don't really hear traffic from where I am. But you'll get the odd pop pop Every pop. now and again. And it's usually 11 o'clock at night. And it just sound, it's just a cacophony of pops. Yeah. And it's like, really? If I, if my car made that amount of noise, I wouldn't want to go out at 11 o'clock at night. Not not if it was so obnoxious and no. loud. I mean, we can all appreciate a, a finely tuned Ferrari or something like that. Yeah, of course. But, but most people who own those cars probably wouldn't decide to go at 9,000, well, maybe if they're in London and they're showing off, but 9,000 RPM in a built-up area with a loud exhaust is, is come on. Yeah, well, it's like know, my, like come my, on, my go my to neighbor, a country lane somewhere, you know. Like my neighbour across the road who had the, I think they work for Hyundai, Oh, we've, we've had, figured that out They had the i30N, yeah. yeah, but they didn't use the neighbour start function. So, so they when just... they got up at six o'clock in the morning, not only would they sit there and let the car warm up, which doesn't work if you just leave the car warming up on the driveway, <laughs> they'd leave that for 10 minutes. And then when they reversed and drove down the street, they would floor it until it went pop, 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 pop when they got to the end of the street. And it's like it's six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Do that when you get in the dual carriageway in a couple of minutes. You'd think it'd be better to just, uh, I mean, obviously let the engine run for a, for a, a little, yeah, if you, uh, long enough to let the oil circulate yeah, when course, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. But then also do it in quiet mode. And cruise out nice and slowly yeah, until you get you're up out to temperature. of the village. Then yeah. you're out. Then you're up to temperature. You're out of the village. You're not being a, an ass. Didn't you have another neighbour who modified his Audi TT where you used to live? Oh yeah, but he he would literally just sit with it. So he had literally just strapped a Sam, large exhaust to Sam, the back of the car. Sam, I like cars, and I like I like modified cars. What I don't like is inconsiderate people. <laughs> Sam always finds these. It's funny for me because it's always where you are. They seem to gravitate to where well, he you had are. two. They had two spaces. And he obviously pref- his his missus obviously preferred a space because sometimes when she'd come home he'd get in the car at eleven twelve at night turn it on let it warm up for five minutes in its space to move it all of three meters yeah. across to the next bay yeah. and then turn it off yeah and it's like what are you doing <laughs> so I think the, the the big side of this is being a bit more I also had an inconsiderate friend once who oh, bought yeah. a Golf GTI. Right. So that had quite a loud exhaust on it. Right. After he'd owned an ST170 with a loud exhaust on it. Right. And they used to come round to my house and they used to leave at sort of 11 o'clock at night. And that was quite annoying as well for the local residents. I didn't mind as much. No. But, Who was that? Uh, I don't know, just some old bloke that I yeah. used to know. <laughs> Not friends anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, actually, the Golf did have an aftermath. But I did. Deli- Do you remember I bought it? I think it? the Focus was worse. The Focus was worse because, again... But you were aware of it, and you would drive ultra quietly. Oh, yeah. As much as you could, anyway. And basically, just roll it on the clutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the GTI, um, it was very noisy when I got it because, there, it, I don't know, something needed... For, I think one of the um, seals had gone between the sort of B-pipe and the, and the, yeah, and yeah. the muffler or the, the exhaust at the back. And so I did get that fixed, and it did ease it a bit. But I know what you mean, because I remember I used to, if I was leaving your house late, especially because you had a neighbour that shared, you had like a shared area yeah, of driveway. they weren't 
the uh, easiest of people to get on with either. No, they weren't. No, <laughs> very opinionated. Yeah. Um. And so, but I used to start the car, and just roll off the driveway yeah. in the clutch, and then. But you do have to go out the estate. Until because and I was very aware. The carriageway. Yeah. And then you can. And then it's fine because you're you're at least away from you know yeah. the build, but. Anyway, um, it's just a case of a little bit more consideration, I think, and a little bit more just awareness of when we're enjoying these things, if enough loud voices come out on the other side, they are going to start to try and ban stuff. Yeah, they'll start to try and take it away. So just have some common sense. And, and the problem Consideration is, is key, I think, in all aspects of life. Yeah. Just I, be considerate. You don't have to be obnoxious. I just hate the idea that, you know, we're going to get to a point where we have to fight to have the things we enjoy... Because other people are saying, well, no, it's annoying me and, and I want to live in a peaceful, quiet area. And it's like, yeah, we'll understand that. But let everyone have their hobby. I don't get upset because someone wants to go and do some gardening. No. And, it, you know, I mean, it, or you know, if someone wants to cut their lawn at six o'clock in the morning, well, up to them. Yeah. But again, be considerate. Be considerate. Yeah, but it's why you have the to... guidelines of don't do things like that at the weekends till after eight or after nine. Yeah. Club. And most people will listen to it. They will. So. Um, well. Uh, shall we should we try to have a positive note to win, Sam? It's been a bit have ranty. You got one? Um we have got Summer's coming. We we've got coming up an electric van test. Which is quite exciting yes. actually. Yeah, we're gonna be sorting so, that out next week and then it'll come to you as and when we've uh, Yeah, we'll we'll do something on the podcast, we'll yeah. something on the website. But it's an interesting one because Sam's obviously owned vans and you've worked with a lot of commercial vehicles. Whilst I was at university, I used to drive a van you did. as as my part time way of earning income. So we've both got quite a good experience of vans, yes. automatic Broad. ones, and manual ones. So to to get in an all electric one and and give that a go, it's going to be an interesting one. So um, there we'll, you go. positive spin. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for joining everyone, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed the rants. Bye.